you know, don't because social media puts this pressure that you have to have always content that it's at the top of your game. You're not always going to be at the top of your game. And sometimes when you are at the top of your game, you're not going to get the recognition you deserve. Welcome to the Flying Fruit Bowl, a platform dedicated to art and the creative process. In this episode, I had the chance to talk to the amazing Cristina Casaleva, aka Berry Bliss. Cristina is a makeup artist from Spain who creates a range of eclectic makeup looks that are inspired by sources such as films, colours and space. It was really interesting to talk to a makeup artist and get an interesting insight into this new emerging art form. I had a great talk with Cristina I really hope you enjoy this interview. Okay, the best place to start is tell us a little bit about yourself. Just introduce, you know, yourself and your work. Yeah, um, my name is Christina. I started makeup seriously about a year ago, maybe two. Yeah, about two now. Um, but it, it has felt more serious this last year as far as improvement and all of that. And yeah, I do it as a hobby, So, but I like it a lot. <laughs> Yeah, but it's only two years. That's incredible. Like, I think that's yeah. incredible. Technically, I've loved it since I was, like, five. <laughs> but so, so did you study it or did you teach yourself? Oh, no, I taught myself completely. Oh, well, and what was the process of teaching yourself like? At what point were you like, you know, actually, I really want to get serious into this. And, and like, kind of how did you decide that that's definitely something you wanted to be, you know, to try out? Um... See, I don't really know, because <laughs> when I was really, really young, I was really into it. You know, I was like bright blue eyeshadow, big blush, red lipstick, like from the 80s, but like five in the year 2000. Um, <laughs> but then when I was a teenager, I was like the whole, oh, I'm not like other girls kind of thing. So I didn't wear makeup, but I did like it. Um, my mom also only allowed me to use like mascara, the clear one, and a just a tiny bit of eyeliner in the waterline. And when I was like, I think 18, um, friends got me the Urban Decay Naked palette for my birthday. And then I started to do more uh, neutral looks, I guess. And I started to go, oh, I like dark lipsticks. Oh, I like this, I like that. And a couple of years ago, uh, from a UK brand, actually, I got colorful eyeshadows. So I started doing looks. And out of impulse, I decided to create an Instagram account for it. <laughs> That's how it started. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and your Instagram handle is Berry Bliss. Yeah. Where, did it, where did it come from? Oh, that's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I really love to do quizzes on the internet about stuff, anything. And I did one about your unicorn name. Okay. And it came out bliss. And I went, oh, that's such a cool word. <laughs> and I did that like five years ago. And it somehow stuck with me. And I like berries in general. So yeah, I thought it, it looked cool. It's visually, I think, and concept, concept wise, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I assumed it was to do with colour because your work is very colourful. Um, so oh, I, I thought that. that. 
Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I assumed it was because of that. And I, I think that's part of the really interesting thing about the makeup community, particularly online, is that everybody always has kind of like aliases or kind of like a screen name. And I think that makes it kind yeah. of quite mysterious. Um, yeah, you yeah, know, it's real cool. I think because then it kind of gets you, it kind of draws you into like, who is this person? And is the person posting the work the same person as the person who is creating the work? It's like, it becomes like a kind of personality kind yeah, of yeah, um, yeah, totally. consideration. And and actually, like, because obviously you use yourself in your own work and obviously you use mostly mm-hmm. yourself and your makeup looks like, how do you find that process of using yourself? Is it, have you gotten used to it the more you've done it? Or is it still just as, a, you know, as, as not awkward, but still is it like a challenge? Definitely, definitely. Especially at the beginning, using my whole face, I was a little bit um, conscious about it. Always been. Um, even now, I think I'm. I have been doing more looks recently with my whole face, as like a project. I think I don't know. Um, but I still get conscious about it because since I usually post more just one eye looks. I feel like my whole face doesn't do as well in the like ratio kind of thing. Okay. It sometimes gets in my head a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> but I like it anyway. I decided I like it anyway. And if I want to do, you know, whole face, I'm going to do it. Yeah, because I saw your recent birthday look, which was like a really cool kind yeah. of glittery, yeah, which was really, really nice. And it was it was nice to also see you as well. Um, mm. you know because going back to the whole kind of slightly mysterious nature is a lot of makeup artists do the whole you know you just see the eye and you know you might see the lips maybe um, yeah. but you don't really see the person and is mm. it important for you to to be more personable online and kind of show yourself as well as just the looks yeah I think it is you especially if you want to create a platform I don't have that in mind yet <laughs> But it is important to connect with people. And one of those things is to show your face. It's kind of inevitable, really. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of helps, I guess. But it's interesting you do it as a hobby on the side. So how long does it take? It depends. (laughs) Every, Every look is different. There have been looks that took five minutes to make, you know, um, then you I, usually the taking pictures part takes between 10 to 30 minutes usually depending on the lighting you have to wait for the sun to come out and i'm like well uh, let's go wait a little bit but um then the editing process it's super short for me because i'm not really familiar with editing tools so i use a couple of apps and just um correct the saturation and lighting that the phone camera takes away usually to make it look like as I saw it so then there's looks that take more time to make so that I don't know I know the longest time I've been spending on a look probably yeah the one (laughs) I don't know if you've seen it. The one where I covered my whole face in silver glitter. Have you no, I haven't, but I'm going to look. I'm going to go through my Instagram. I'm going to yeah, go back through Instagram um, later on today and just look at every single look and be like, this is cool. <laughs> I wore a, a costume, a princess costume. And I hold like a full 
photo shoot moment by myself. And Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, I was inspired by Pat McGrath um, uh, in one of her fashion runway looks. So yeah, that that took a while because taking that off, it's quite some time. <laughs> I can only imagine because like that's also the thing that it could become quite messy or it become quite chaotic because you know just some of the yeah. looks you see are quite like abstract yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, it becomes like a whole process in itself. Just the application mm. and the removal. Um, yeah, you see, I don't think it's as messy and complicated as they might seem some of them especially because for glitter i use um both loose pressed and glitter gel ah. yeah the messiest one is the loose one especially the smaller the glitter the messier it is it's insane <laughs> I, absolutely i can imagine yeah when i do full face of glitter it's glitter gel because it's easier to take off. At least the one I have, it's easy. You can take it off with soap and water. Okay. I do that a few times. Then in my hairline, I, I think I still have glitter <laughs> in my hair. But <laughs> it gets and you have to be more precise, but it's fine. You live with it. <laughs> you have I mean, to it's, part, it's part of the process, it. isn't yeah. it? My house is with glitter permanently. <laughs> so <laughs> what is the biggest challenge for you of being a makeup artist and doing makeup? Mm. technique wise or just generally you can like there's more they can be have more than one but just technically just generally i well since i never really went to a makeup school um i do want to in the future because i want to learn the, the theory of it more likely i do i still struggle to somehow make some looks on my hooded eyes because I, I start doing them in the wrong way and then I open my and I'm like, oh, everything's hidden now. <laughs> you can see it. <laughs> um, so you have to have that in mind when you take pictures. You have to close your eye and all that stuff. Um, I do struggle with false eyelashes. They're so hard. I don't know if it's my eye or something wrong because my it's quite fat. The, the whole eyelid situation, it's quite fatty. And I have not blonde eyelashes but the roots and the ends are blonde so it's hard to get the whole black thing <laughs> like you can see you can see still see my skin between my eyelashes so it's it's a mess it's hard i don't like glue and all that stuff no yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's actually quite interesting though because you know like you don't think about these things when you look at the final look. You just see the look yeah. and you're like, okay, this is cool. And then, you know, you're like, okay, this is cool. You don't actually see kind of the process behind it. And do you actually ever show the process behind it? I am starting to. Do you know, I, again, on impulse, made a TikTok account because why not? I mean, <laughs> it's actually fun, the editing process there. <laughs> oh, okay, easy. I'm going to check that out, actually. Yeah, 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 it's easy. Um... At least if you want simple editing, I can do complicated stuff. I'm not that good at technology yet. <laughs> um, I'm starting to do more videos. I do some on stories, on Instagram stories, and then put them, save them as highlights. Um, so I'm starting to do it. I started in January. <laughs> That's good though. Start. You have to start somewhere. Um, yeah. Would you ever do like an Instagram live of you doing a makeup look? 
I have been thinking about it. <laughs> but then I'm like, who would show up? I'm about to say, I'd say that. I'd push her. <laughs> yeah. But then I'm always curious. Because some of my friends in, well, real life, I would call it, um, follow me and they would watch it. And I'm like, what do I, what language do I speak? Because <laughs> you know That's how you, yeah, you know how they say when you meet someone and you meet them in a certain language, you then you can switch back. <laughs> yes that's true <laughs> <You know? laughs> so yeah um i would like to there's this platform for um streaming that's called newness that's quite interesting so i would consider that in the future just yeah hop on do something yeah because that'd be really cool i think that would be really like really interesting to see that because i think for me personally, like makeup is not something I'm particularly kind of, I don't know anything about it. Um, I just see it and I'm like, this is fascinating. And it'd be really good to kind of understand the process of it. Because um, I think it's not just, okay, yeah, we'll put this color on or yeah, we'll put that color on it. You have to think about color theory. You have to think about, you know, the contour of the face. You have to think about, yeah. you know, what's going to work well and what's going to photograph well as well. You know, there's a lot of thought that goes behind it. It's not just all oh, these colors that are great together. Let's put them together. Um. yeah well <laughs> I, <did. laughs> I was gonna say actually <laughs> no but I no I was gonna say for some people they put a lot of thought into something and the look and the colors and all that I learned about color theory very um superficially at university um but you know the complementary colors and a couple more things but that's it <laughs> I didn't like actually learn it um and I'm not that great so a lot of the times I will just sit there and you know grab maybe some products that I want to use or maybe I'm thinking of a color and just start doing with no plan <laughs> that's that's great though that's great because you're not putting any pressure on yourself to create yeah something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do have on the notes app on my phone um, ideas and concepts, and sometimes color. Um, and you know, I tick them when I'm when I'm done with them, but I still put them in the list just in case I wanna revisit them. That's a great idea, and I think the fact that you keep notes and you've got ideas and concepts tells me that you're, mm -hmm. even though you do it as a hobby, you're still quite serious about it. Clearly, because otherwise you wouldn't yeah. be thinking about it. Otherwise, um, you're just like, yeah, let's just try this, and yeah, okay, who cares? And let's just try that and who cares but like no you're like actually thinking about it so yeah. that's quite interesting actually to consider and have you actually and how often do you look at these the list it depends of how inspired I am if I'm during a creative block kind of moment or I want to do makeup but I have no idea what to do I'm not inspired by colors you know I put everything out and I don't reach for anything I go to the notes that's what they're useful so yeah. what is kind of like, so what kind of ideas and thoughts and concepts are on your mind at the minute? Ideas. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, oh, I did have an idea yesterday. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> I got these, um, some skincare products from this website and they sent as a gift because I spent quite a lot. Um, <laughs> uh, these, um, oh, how do you say agenda? um like a planner 
when you write like the days and yeah, the, like the a, yeah, planner. yeah, your planner, yes, yeah, 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 that, that stuff. And it came with stickers, and okay. there's this pink and and black stickers that say hashtag deadline and hashtag urgente and hashtag appointment. And there's also in pink and there's also stars and hearts that you can look at them. Ooh, okay. You have the sneak peek. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Least, yeah. So I thought about using them, especially the deadline one, like using a eyeshadow to accentuate the dark circles. Yeah. And just slap them on my face. Yeah, that's, that's a great it. idea. No, 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 that's a great idea, though. <laughs> that's a great idea. Yeah. And it's really, really interesting that you'd be inspired from something so random that you didn't think about, that you weren't even, like, trying to get inspiration from. And I think that's kind of the great thing about art is that you mm -hmm. can be inspired from, like, you know, the most random of places. You can watch, like, a, a runway show and be inspired or... Oh, yeah, you know, definitely. You know, you can watch a definitely, film or something. Yeah, yeah. Or... I actually have... Um, they're called stills, right? <laughs> um i have some saved that i found on twitter um from various movies because the i thought the colors of the image really sparked me back then when i saw them so i do keep them just in case i think yeah keeping inspiration all the time or you know with you all the time i think is a good a good starting mm -hmm. point for just new ideas and new projects and new things to work on yeah, yeah so yeah. What kind of skills do you think one needs to have to be a good makeup artist? A good makeup artist? Well, you do, I do feel like artists, makeup artists, it's very similar to being a painter. Um, in the sense that, you know, some uh, are very good at drawing skills. So they do very meticulous work. Some relay more on color. That's what I think I would fall in. <laughs> I go more by color than by the line. Um, you know, I think there isn't like a pack with you need to have these skills um, in particular because you don't need to do a perfect crease to be a makeup artist. You don't need to do explosive color to be a good makeup artist i think as long as you are passionate about your work that's what matters because then you're gonna keep doing it if you're not passionate about it you're not gonna do it well with works like makeup or you know art in general i think it's very important it has to be vocational in a sense i think that's that's actually a really really good answer uh, and, that's a great answer. And, it's, and it's so true as well though when you think about it like you have to stay motivated to do stuff because mm -hmm. um um can you talk a bit about that like how do you stay motivated and how do you kind of set yourself limits because obviously you're the one with all the power and control yet you're the one who yeah. also has to set yourself that limit well i don't set limits for myself because if i do set myself limits i'm limiting my creativity and my potential you know, I if I said, you know, I'm never going to do free-handed eyeliner shapes or free-handed lash things and all of that, I don't think I would be where I am right now in terms of confidence with those products in particular. 
how do I stay motivated? I don't know. <laughs> and you know, I'm someone who um, I have like obsessions, right? For like certain amount of time. And makeup is one that is so far, it's stretching quite a long time. Like I don't see it as one of those obsessions that I had, I don't know, five years ago that I lasted two years and then it went away. I still love it. I still like it, but I'm not obsessed with it. This is more, it feels more real in a way. Yes, I do have moments where I'm not motivated. Everyone has those. You just have to embrace them as well. You know, take your time. If you're not feeling like you don't want to do makeup, don't do it. You know, don't, because social media puts this pressure that you have to have always content that it's at the top of your game. You're not always going to be at the top of your game. And sometimes when you are at the top of your game, you're not going to get the recognition you deserve. So you have to be mindful of that so it doesn't affect you. That's actually a very, very fair point. And it's actually not something that I really thought about much. And I think that's a, that's a very good point because you're right. Like you have to remember, and we'll probably get into a bit later about social media. It's definitely something I want to talk about. Yeah. We have to remember that we're kind of giving ourselves up to the algorithm. Yeah. You know, it's not even like everybody who follows you will see what you're posting. So, exactly. you know, you could spend, you know, like a good 24 hours, probably not 24 hours. You can spend like a good like six hours on a look. And it'd be like, you know, the, your favorite look you've ever created. And it could be super cool and super interesting. It could be like three-dimensional or something like that. Who knows? And then you post it and then like maybe 10%, 20%, 50% of your followers will see it. And yeah. yes, if you have a large following, that's cool. That's still a substantial amount of people. But that's not the point. The point is that everyone who might be interested in that won't see it. Mm -hmm. You know. So mm -hmm. the last couple of years, I'd probably say the last maybe like three to five years, there's been a mm -hmm. huge rise in the yeah. makeup community and it's all become quite a bit... Um... Saturated? Yes, that is part of what <laughs> I was going to say. Um, but yeah, so the, there's been like a huge rise in just kind of the transition of makeup from something that people do to, to as an art form and to kind of the boundaries and creativity of makeup. Like, what are your thoughts on the current rise of the makeup industry and, of course, the oversaturation of it? Well, there's a good side and a bad side, obviously. Because if there's too much saturation of images, um, the faster you will get over an image once you have perceived it, the faster you will go to the next one. Absolutely. Which is happening right now in social media. Um, and the more content and more fast content you will want, the consumer will want, I feel like. And that, you know, for some artists, that's fine they put out content super fast for some they require more time and those i think most of the time get affected unless they have a huge platform and their um followers are like up to waiting that long and you know stick around i don't know how i feel about it it's it's not sitting the best with me how it's going but I feel like we're a tipping point where it's about to change I don't know in which direction but it feels like something is like trembling you know yeah that's yeah. that's no that's a really interesting way to put it because I, I would agree with you I think 
because at first it was like oh this is interesting and then it became okay now a lot of people are getting on this trend it becomes like trendy yeah yeah no again yeah, i was gonna say people don't realize that these like beauty gurus and makeup influencers the long time they have had to build what they have absolutely now. and people expect to build what they did in five eight ten years into yeah absolutely and that's a problem that's that's a really good point and also it's also because for some people that does happen like for the rare for the rare you know one or two percent that does happen people have like people start makeup in like two or three years later they're you know at the top like it does happen but it's only but it's very very rare exactly and i think the problem is that people forget that that's rare people just think oh if i do that people are going to like it people are going to see it people are going to want it because you know it has become quite saturated as far as no i can personally tell from just looking at it so, so how do you how do you separate yourself from kind of the um, cascade, I guess, of yeah. the makeup artists? Like, how do you make sure, or how do you try and make sure that you stand out? You know what? I don't think you specifically separate yourself. I think the audience does. Because they're the ones that identify you. You know, there's a lot of people who work with glitter, yet I'm always identified with working with glitter. You know, when I have people that I follow, that work a lot with glitter and do other things like I do other things, but they're not identified as much with it, you know? Or, yeah, I think it's that. I never thought about it, but I don't think you have, I mean, you do have a say because it's your content that you're putting out. And I think if you want to, you know, stick to a certain kind of branding, you know, a more dark makeup, more smoky thing, you know, graphic liner, you can do that totally. Me, because my interests change easily and rapidly, I don't really think I do it myself. I don't really do a whole branding thing. I mean, yeah, I like sunlight and glitter. I have it in my bio, but <laughs> that might change in five years, you know? I don't think it will, but you know, <laughs> no, because I I do like the whole lighting situation in pictures. So that's actually really interesting. So you have kind of a um, insignia or a kind of how can I explain that better? Um, a kind of a certain way of doing things, I guess is probably the easiest way yeah. to say it. So because like that's the interesting thing about makeup is because your looks can be so different. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be so different and it's like one day you could just like a really cool smoky eye the next day you can do like a graffiti inspired piece and the next day you mm-hmm. can just do a just a really simple eyeliner look you know yeah. I think so how do you try or do you try and make sure that you know so your work is consistent like is consistency uh important to you um for me it's not because I think that's just you know my style in a way I don't really my feet if you look at it, it's most for most of the time, it's all over the place. Like there's no like color, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, some people do like color. Color blocks. And, yeah, they do color yeah. blocks where they have like say three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have noticed recently I have reached more blue colors in my work, but like that's coincidental. You know, lately I've been inspired by blue because I got a blue eyeshadow palette. So what kind of colors are you, what, what kind of colors do you like working with? Or is there any specific kind of certain colors mm-hmm. you like working with? Yeah, I really like um, complementary colors. 
there's something about them um not just in makeup i also like them in art i don't know if i mentioned that i'm at university i'm studying a degree in art history so i like art in oh. general oh surprise surprise actually funny thing, that was actually a question i was meant to ask you at the start that i completely forgot to ask you um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah <laughs> okay. <There you> okay. <laughs> yeah so i obviously like art in general in colors and i have noticed that art movements that i like are color based instead of line based you know like um baroque or impressionism post-impressionism some other avant-garde movements and all of that so I do, I especially like working with blue and orange, you know, from time, it, it kind of changes though, because for a while I was obsessed with pink and golds, you know, then for a time I really like purple, it kind of changes. It's, and sometimes I want to go to my personal favorite color, which is black, but I'm kind of scared of working with it because it's so intense. And, but at the same time with makeup, it's not, especially eyeshadows. But when I think of black, I think you could do like a really interesting kind of celestial look or something kind of very space themed. Yeah, you, you know. told me that once, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and I did once a uh, uh, Roman's Galaxy kind of look. Absolutely. Yeah, that, was, that was the title thing. <laughs> Absolutely. So this is the thing, because like, like, you know, I don't know really much about makeup. I just see it. Obviously, people do really great makeup like you. I see people do it really cool. And then I'm like, oh, what about this idea? And I, and I feel like I feel bad sometimes because like I'll just be like, mm. yeah, have you, why, why don't you try this? And it's like, it's not really my place to necessarily say to you, oh, why don't you try this? But like, do you appreciate feedback like that? I do appreciate it because sometimes, you know, people say things or mention concepts that maybe you haven't thought about or you haven't given attention to, you know? And I think it's nice. I did write down yours in my notes and later on did it. So, yeah, it came up great. I'm looking at it now. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's always welcome. You know, I'm not done always going to make them a priority of if course, I don't yes. feel like doing them, of course. But I'm going to write it down and someday they will come out, yeah. Yeah, it's just like I generating ideas from other sources, isn't it, really? Um, mm. And one thing I noticed yeah, that yeah. you do a lot of, and actually a lot of makeup artists I do that, that I, I don't really follow that many makeup artists, actually. I only follow like a handful, and I can probably list them off, off the top of my head just because I only followed that many. But one thing I noticed about the makeup community is that everyone's very positive, as far as I've seen, and very kind of yeah. supportive of each other. And they, they repost each other's work a lot on their stories. Like, like I know you do that a lot. You post a lot of the makeup artists. Look yeah, I do that a lot because I think it really makes a difference. At least for me, I'm really appreciative when people do it because, you know, people have different followers. You know, sometimes you share followers with someone, but, you know, I have got a new followers that I noticed follow someone that shared the look of mine. You know, and started liking my looks frequently and stuff. So, and for me, I have discovered artists thanks to this. And I, I, I know I really like it doing it. And when people do it, I, I, I don't, I, I mean, I certainly have found more non-positive people, but I wouldn't, wouldn't call them negative. It's just they're more self-centered and self-interested. So they look more for themselves so they're like oh i don't give you you know as much as i would give me yeah that makes sense that kind of thing but 
they have only been like one or two. So uh, yeah, and I think that's interesting. Really like, like like the ego of the artist, I think is a is a good consideration. It's like because you know you're very much building this whole kind of identity of yourself by yourself. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. but do you do it for yourself? Like, would you say you create your looks for yourself or for other people? In my case, yes, because I know that if I post something that is for other people and not for me, I will give up makeup. You know. And how do you judge like the line? that artists have where the audience becomes part of the work in terms of ideas and thoughts and inspiration in terms of like oh I think that's really fun and I mentioned you know in that post but usually when someone gives me an idea of like a caption or they say oh you should try this I I usually put it in the caption you know oh someone said this and I created this because for me that's important even if just someone who you know has a private makeup make um not makeup account just account yeah. and you know they not like in this whole industry thing i don't really think i'm like in the industry i'm just like floating around but yeah they matter as well you know they had an idea it should be valued yeah i i completely agree with that i respect that i highly respect that because i think a lot yeah. of the times you know, I think the whole thing with social media, and we'll, we'll get into that definitely in a minute. I know I keep saying that, but we'll get into that in a minute. It's because, you know, I think being an artist, it's not what I was going to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Being an artist is like a give and take. You know, it's like, you know, you, you put out the work and you, you know, you get the feedback and you kind of understand, you know, that that people, you know, I think valuing everybody is, is a great consideration of yours. And I, I very highly respect that. But um, my next question for you then, actually, lose on quite well there from what you just said about the industry. So, so do you feel like you're part of a bigger community? I mean, I do feel like I'm part of the community, but I don't feel like I'm part of the industry because I don't work on it, you know? Like if I was like an actual makeup artist who does makeup on people or, you know, creative something from some brand or all that stuff, then I would consider myself like regularly, not once, but, you know, more consistently. I would consider myself also part of said industry, but I feel like I'm more part of the community. But do you think that by being part of a community, you are also part of, or at least uh, enhancing or contributing to the industry? Yeah, definitely. Because I'm a consumer of said industry and consumers are part of the industry in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, that's a good, no, that's a good consideration. That's not something I've thought about. And actually, now I think about it, I'm going to ask the next personal interview about the consumerism of art. I'm going to ask that to somebody now. So going back to the idea of community, so are there any particular makeup artists that you have got your eye on or who I think are pretty exciting at this moment in time? Oh, yeah. Hold on. Let me check. Oh, Sophia Claire. She's so-so does makeup, uh, her handle in Instagram. She's incredible. She does a lot of color-based work as well, but also more refined stuff. I know she, she's really, she really inspires me in a lot of ways. Um, there's also Ashley Meredith as well. He's someone who I started following right when I started the account. And she's always inspired me. They, I, I just noticed they're all people who work with color a lot. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that? Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, there's this girl name. I don't know how to pronounce her surname. She's called Catalina. She's from Romania. 
And she's also as well someone who I connected with at the beginning. And she's blown up quite a lot since. And I'm very happy because she's super talented. She does a lot of eyeliner stuff, but like more graphic in terms of figures and stuff. I know she did she did once. Uh, sometimes she did like memes on her face. That oh, wow. was really fun. But now she's working a lot with like big smoky colorful eyes, which I found really interesting. She also does use um, face paint a lot in her makeup, which because of her now I'm interested in investing in some face things to Absolutely. use. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's more. There's a lot more. Because one thing I that I've I've now. noticed is that there's a big shift in terms of kind of sculptural designs and kind of 3d elements to makeup yeah like um, one account i follow i don't know if you follow them it's called gothwalk i think i've seen them but i don't know if i follow them and her makeup is really incredible it's like a really cool incredible look but then she cuts out words oh, yeah, and letters from magazines and sticks them like so interesting um, yeah it's so interesting because it becomes like a piece of art it becomes you know something really interesting that's not just totally. okay this is a cool look and also, yeah, like you yeah, stop, yeah. you stop and read it, and then you just, you kind of have to figure out like what the colors have got to do with the words and where the words came from and stuff. They're so detailed as well. Absolutely, like it's a kind of work that you could stare at for a very long period of time, and every Absolutely. time you would see something new. I've I've always seen their work around, but I've never come across to like follow them. I don't know why. I'm going following them now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> no that's fine i can send you i've got quite a few suggestions if you want some i can send you some um, yeah i can send you them later too Absolutely. i i forget a lot about and i feel right. bad later no, um oh a no. friend of mine that well that i made friends with uh she doesn't post as much now um her name is patricia but she goes by i encyclopedia she does this really cool thing where she creates a look based of uh something and then explains you information about okay. said something, which is really cool. The this she did one about volcanic activity, or she did one for Spirited Away, and she gives you like little bits of information, you know, like an encyclopedia, but with eye and I look added to it. It's a great concept. That's a really good concept, and actually, I think yeah. that's that's a really great bridge. Of, exactly. you know makeup and art mm. and information yeah and very unique too i've never seen it before. yeah so interesting actually that makes me think of like yeah imagine if you did that with something like films if you took like a film and the strip because yeah. obviously film color palettes are a, a, a thing in terms of like you see it online of a film still and the color palette next to it yeah like it'd be really cool to do something like that like you have a film still and then a color palette and then you use that color palette for a look and then you have a reference to the film like something like that would be cool or you know just yeah making connections between things you know whether that's yeah, yeah. you know a piece of art or a film or like a sunset or I don't know just anything I think that's kind of interesting yeah actually the one I mentioned earlier Sophia she does a lot of art recreation on her oh. face especially from impressionism and Van Gogh and all this stuff but she also does this thing when it's look like it's oil painting in oh, her wow. face which is really really cool She's done quite a lot of those and they're all super beautiful, in my opinion. <laughs> and what is your opinion on um, people who pick up trends? 
like do you think that it's harmful or helpful to the makeup industry when people are like you know oh neon like i said neon eyeliner is a trend um so people will jump on that trend well it's natural for that to happen it's been happening forever honestly if you think about it you know the history of makeup because it's not very well documented because we it's something volatile you know people wore on their faces those people are now dead you know as an art form you have yes some in prehistory some from the victorian era some from greek myth greek history and all of that um so there's always going to be trends and there's always going to be people following them but i think it's more the wise decision i think for one to make i mean if you follow a trend do it because you like it like wholeheartedly you know like if someone i don't know with you know when the whole thing was like matte everything you know i did jump on it but i stepped away quickly because i have dry skin i have dry lips i have dry everything so it didn't work for me you know you can try it and see if it works and if it doesn't work that's fine you know i'm really into the whole unconventional and not following the social um norms when it comes to beauty so like absolutely i think so i think that's a it's a great mentality to have because i think the problem is that everyone's going to look the same otherwise yeah um, but at the same time, think, they're not because everyone has a different face and different technique. That's true. You know? So does being original or the kind of concept of originality matter to you? No. Because I don't, I think very little things are original nowadays. Everything has been done. Everything. You can put your own spin on it, but the whole more, you can be 100% original. And it kind of irks me when people say, oh, I'm original. I created this. No, you didn't. (laughs) I'm sorry, but no, you didn't. No. It is important to credit people and artists when you have taken inspiration from them. That is crucial. But it's also very weird when people say, oh, I created, uh," because this happened to me once, a Pikachu look Um, the other day you copied mine and i'm like first of all there's a pikachu movie that came out okay <laughs> i'm gonna get inspired by it you know and it's fine if two people have the same idea i bet does that happen often to me no but every once in a while i see on twitter or on instagram oh this person stole this person's look or they didn't credit them especially the credit one not so much the first I still create one a lot. And I do agree with it. If you did take inspiration, you should credit them. But how truthful are people being when saying, oh, no, I didn't see the look. Oh, no, I didn't, you know? Yeah, because there's no way to keep track of what they didn't or what they didn't see. Exactly. You know, unless I obviously liked them and followed it. And then you're like, oh, okay, there's a bit of a trail there. But but even that, you can't, even that, it's not like you're going to go through, you know, the, the potential thousands of likes just to, to find that one person's name. Yeah, exactly. I did have an experience where i created this look that to this day is is the look that i'm most proud of in terms of concept um 
And a few days later, someone that I did follow, but they didn't follow me, but they followed someone really big that shared my look, ah. did a look with a similar concept. It really sit with me the wrong way. At the time, I was very, very small. In t- well, I'm still small, but I'm not, I was smaller, you know, in terms of followers yeah. and stuff. So I didn't have the guts to say, hey, I did a similar look to it. It would be nice if you could credit me, you know? Yeah. I didn't know how to approach it. So, yeah, I didn't do anything about it in the end, but yeah. But that's a good point, though, because that's like an awkward situation. Because Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's very violent, especially if you're the small one. <laughs> and, but, but not even that. It's like, even though it's just a hobby and it's not necessarily a profession, as in like your reputation, but it's still your reputation exactly. at the end of the day. And it's still about you know you don't want to come across as rude or like demanding but at the end of the day you want to also just be like you know end of the day, look, listen you know you can't discredit me or at the very least you know put some kind of mention in me even if you don't credit me yeah if you don't tag me or if you don't you know at me at least put my name in there somewhere exactly or at least you know at least have some kind of some reference exactly you know i think it's um that's kind of sad to hear in a way because you don't want to put so much time and effort into something and then not like how people take it take that like take the uh inspiration i think but it's just kind of you're doing it because you enjoy it yeah you know you're doing it for the positivity and the fun and kind of the community aspect and it's like it kind of dampens the experience i guess yeah uh, especially with a look like this that is so conceptual you know all i did was take a picture of me with my eye with no makeup on and edit it and put a sensor thing on my pupil and iris it didn't take time but I yeah. was really proud, still am, of the idea behind it. Yeah. And ideas are just as powerful as anything else, really. And how do you know when an idea is good enough to become an actual concept? You don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Because this look, for instance, it did got reposted on a big makeup account. Uh, it's called Ugly Makeup Revolution. It's really cool. Oh, yeah, I know. But other than that, it's not my most liked look. It's not even like half my most liked look. You know, it's not, it doesn't have the most reach, the most comments, doesn't, you know, it's not one of my best um, algorithm wise, but it's still that, my favorite. So, so what are your opinion on accounts such as that particular account that will take makeup artist looks and then repost them without your consent? See, if they tag you and credit you, I don't see a problem. The problem for me comes when someone posts your image and doesn't tag you on the image or doesn't mention you in the caption, you know, or pass it as their own, which is the worst thing <laughs> someone Absolutely, could do. Of course. But I don't mind, honestly. I kind of like it. You know, it kind of feels um, someone out there is appreciating your work. And he's sharing it. Yeah, because it's, it's actually something I've been thinking about lately with Instagram stories, particularly, because as you're probably well aware of, because you actually look at my account, um, like obviously I share, and so do so does everybody on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like I share other artists' work and I obviously tag them and I, you know, I just reshare them. But I, I lately I've been thinking about the idea of resharing and like, isn't it like it's helpful in one way, but in another way, is it not a bit like art theft? Because you're just taking somebody else's work, reposting it. I might just cut this bit out because it probably makes no sense. Uh, reposting <laughs> no, no. it. Like, 
like reposting it and then from that gain potentially more followers and more likes well obviously those uh pages that do have more followers than you they're gonna have more likes in the picture they repost because not everyone is going to follow you um i have noticed that i have been followed when certain when certain um accounts repost me again you know more some people comment like some of my pictures but they don't follow or some people do follow but um i don't think i don't know i yeah i think i stand by it like the whole if you um because most of the time what they will do they will tag you in the picture if it's a post and mention your username in the caption so people can easily like either if they still look at the tag or they read the caption they can see your account so they can decide if they want to visit that account or not i usually do that when a picture interests me in stories i have seen people who tag uh, the account i personally do it just in case they want to share to their own stories or you know just know that someone shared it um but some people don't and you know I don't know how, where do I stand on that, to be honest. Maybe, maybe what I said was wrong. Maybe it's not art theft. I think what I kind of mean is that, does that add to the kind of, um, like, short attention span of people? Yeah, I think, and actually that's, that's quite a a good segue into kind of the whole social media aspect. And we've touched upon it anyway, so now's probably a good time to insert it into the conversation. Yay! Um, (laughs) We've reached the point. But like, so what are your thoughts on social media and is it helpful to you and your practice? Um, it is sometimes hurtful. You know, you, I haven't received, I think, any hate comments. I'm not big enough, I think. And I don't do content that it's, you know, because some people put like goopy things over the eye and gloss and that freaks people out for some reason. I mean, I get it. It's eye. You don't want to poke things around it. But, you know, because you're hiding in a way behind a screen, a lot of people are more brave than they would be in real life. So, and because I think makeup as well is a lot of times not taken as seriously, you know, as an art form. Um, So people feel like they have more um, overwrite to give a I want to call it an opinion because it's sometimes disrespectful so when it's disrespectful I don't consider it an opinion so you have that part but from the other side I've made friends through social media you know through Instagram with makeup through Twitter you know through fandom stuff and they are actual friends. I mean, sometimes, you know, like real friends, you talk to them more for some time, then you don't talk as much, then you talk again. And I think that's great. You have to be careful, obviously, when you're young and because you can be taken advantage of. But it's beautiful. You can connect with people you would have never came across with. You know, I have friends from Malaysia, from Pakistan, from Australia, from other countries in Europe, I don't want to name all of them because holy shit, from South America, from North America, it's insane. 
But that's the the beauty of the internet, right? Isn't it? Yeah. Is that it brings people together. Exactly. A lot of time we focus on the bad of the internet. And like, yeah, you have to be wary of certain things on the internet. But you have to appreciate it as well, the good that it brings. And I think that's also the great thing is that because you've got friends in different places, you can see how the cultures affect like the yeah. product, the end product. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's cool. That gives you like a bit more insight into other people and other places. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. That's quite nice. Um, so going, so actually going off something you just mentioned about makeup and art form. So I like, do you believe that makeup is an art form? Thank you. <laughs> you think I do think that, and it's you know as someone who does study art history, um, obviously architecture, sculpture, um, paint um, is mentioned. Theater is also mentioned, and performance, cinema is also mentioned, and dance and music are somewhat music yes dance not so much but makeup is nowhere you know in the in a study form um neither is comics you know any kind of it's hard because it's a new relatively new art as in considered art form you know people didn't consider it an art form back then i guess um but we don't have like there's not much written about it as an art form as it is opposed to cinema where you have history of the cinema back in i don't know what year i forgot about it <laughs> they told me this last year but i forgot about it um <laughs> but yeah it's it's quite hard to and i think it's going to take some time for for it to be taken seriously as an art form because it can be used as a non-art form. So you have this thing. Yeah, that's quite interesting. And I think, um, yeah, but I said, why do you think that people don't take it as seriously? Why don't people take fandoms seriously? You know, when teenage girls love a boy band, said boy band, they're like, oh, they're not talented. Oh, they're, you know, they make boy band music as in a bad thing. When you know, and then later on, they're like, "Oh, the music they've made was actually good," you know. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the hy- um, hypocrisy. Yeah, that's what I was. Hypocrisy. At. Yeah. yeah. Um, of adults, and you know, sometimes it's directed to teenagers, but other times that hypocrisy is also towards other adults. But I don't know. It's I have to look more into it because I don't know. People don't see it as an art form. I I, I don't know. I have to look into it. <laughs> but I do think the fact that it has gotten bigger, that more people consider an art form now than they did before, like in the last five years, to say. You know. Absolutely, like absolutely, I completely agree. And and do you think that actually, in a way, it's probably a good thing, or or kind of be a good thing that it's not considered as such as an art, as like more of a, yeah. more of a 
higher uh, form, I guess. Yeah. Um, but do you think that could be a good thing? Because it mean, leads to more experimentation and more kind of, there's no rules to follow. Yeah, I do think that. I do believe that this is, this is not my quote. It's from Robert um, Welsh, I think it's pronounced. He's a YouTuber who's a makeup artist that I watch. Um, you know, makeup doesn't have rules, but it does have a theory. Like any art form, if you think about it, everything has a theory and you have to know it to be able to break set non-existent rules per se. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I think the interesting thing about makeup, for me at least, and when I look at makeup looks and I, mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's such a different world yeah. to other art forms. Yeah, it has elements of other art forms. You know, it's very closely related to painting. It's very closely related to sculpture. It's very closely related, in a way, I guess, to architecture. You know, it, it kind of, it's almost like an amalgamation of, of all these things. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird that it's not considered art as such to some people. Um, well, because it's new it's quite as nice well. Yeah, of course. And I think that's that's pretty interesting. It's kind of almost like the way I would say in some respects, digital art isn't really as prevalent oh, yeah. as it necessarily could be or should be. Um, like the idea of 3D be. rendering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like 3D rendering, which is so incredible. Yeah, it's not considered true art or pure art in a way because you're not doing it. The thing about art, they're very elitist, you know, and I'm, and I'm saying that from someone who is studying art history and is in the student council, you know, and I've been in like meetings and I've come across teachers in a different um, space other than a classroom. So you see more of their opinions. Um, and a lot of them are very like old fashioned opinions on art, you know, and it kind of sucks. <laughs> well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, dude. I mean, probably they have better opinions than the teachers, the ones they had as teachers, but I don't know. So it's really funny because you're probably the third or fourth artist Mm -hmm. in probably the last three or four interviews I've done that have said one of the problems with art is that it's elitist. So what do you think? So what do you think that would need to change for that to change? Or do you think it will never change? If it does change, it's going to be in a very long time. Like, I might not even see it kind of long time, you know, because you have to change your mindset and the, in the mindset of a mass society of people. And this mindset has been with us ever since um, Greek and Roman ancient, ancient Rome and ancient Greece, because they did not consider, you know, artists that now we value, you know, the ones that made the Pantheon and all of that, they weren't considered like the higher arts. In medieval times, even less. Then in the uh, 15th and 16th century, you know, artists, wanted to reclaim, you know, what we do is intellectual as well. So, yeah. And then the whole 
illustration movement and all of that helped a lot. But it didn't help in the way of making non-elegist. But what's new? Rich people back then and rich people now act the same way. That's super interesting to hear you talk about that because I think that I think that's so interesting because you you're learning art history in the minute as well, which is the interesting thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, where did that decision come from? Because it's not something I spoke about. I should have spoke to you about this in the beginning because that was part of my <laughs> introduction section <laughs> um, that I didn't that I completely glossed over. But so I might as well do it now actually, and then we'll move back into social media. So yeah. where did your interest in art history come from, and how do you think it's informed your practice if it has? That's interesting because. Um, for a very long time, I was going the science route. Okay. I wanted to be, first I was a psych, uh, psychologist, which if I had put my mind to it, it wasn't the right mindset at the time, I would have gone through it. But with science, I have the problem that I understand the theory perfectly. But when it comes to do like math problems, even if I understand the theory, I can make them. I don't know why. So until I was 17, I was going down the science route. The last year of school, because the way school is doing doing in Spain, uh, the last two years, uh, they're not mandatory. You can do something else. But they are if you want to go to college. You have to do five during the whole uh, two years from the same modality. I did four from science in the first year. So I had to do one <laughs> in the second year because the second year changed my mind and I wanted to do um, performing arts would be the name. I wasn't an, as interested as much in you know acting, but I was interested in the process behind the scenes. And I found this place that I thought was promising and said that, oh, we do a lot of this. Spoiler, they didn't. so that second year uh the last year of school was the first time that i did art history i've always have loved art i guess i like music i like paintings i like stuff but i never really took it like oh i want to do this so i started my first year of college as performing arts um my mental health at the time was at its worst (laughs) you know there were years of years of keeping everything in and I exploded when I felt that I didn't belong um, in that um, career that I thought was for me Uh, so I quit I dropped out and I spoke to some teachers from my second and third school and the third school that I went to was the one that I did the last two years and I talked to the teacher that I did um, like a final kind of research project we do um, in the last year that we did about art history, by the way. <laughs> and, you know, I told her, I don't know what to do. I really like mythology, so I might, you know, she said, look into it. So, yeah, I looked into it and I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. And here I am. <laughs> so what um i mean it might be premature to ask this to you because you know, you know you're still quite young and you're still obviously in college yeah. but like what <laughs> do you want to do in the future i have no idea we're not sure i mean 
part of me it's no not sure then the other part has like aspirations well of course obviously i hope so <laughs> you know um one that i'm considering you know seems to be the more <laughs> stable out of them but uh is to be a teacher i've always loved to teach I played that a lot when I was a kid you know with like blushes and stuff as students um and for me personally teachers have good teachers have impacted my life personally on a personal level you know and it's a some profession that I value a lot um it's not valued in Spain (laughs) the you know the pay is not very high but I think it's very important and it's something that I wouldn't mind doing. So one of my plans is to get enough of a note at the end of the mark, mark, note? Yeah, at uh, the end of this degree to make a master's degree in advanced art history, just in case I want to do something with it in the future. And then a master's degree to be able to teach. Yeah, that'd be great. Cause I like so I like that. Cause I like the fact that you're you're not setting yourself in stone and be like, oh, I want to do this, but then you're also making sure that you know that you've got some plans, yeah. you've got an idea. I need to have a but also very aware that <laughs> No, not really. I don't think so. I don't necessarily think so. I think people often think they do, but they really don't, because I think where you'll fall is where you'll fall. Yeah. You'll just you'll land that way. And you know, things aren't always that bad. I mean, there's nothing wrong with working, you know, just a regular day job. There's nothing wrong with that if if it was came down to exactly. that. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to like I think the problem is that nowadays, um, is that people feel like they have to have a career and it's like you don't have to have a no, career. No, 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 no. Um, as long as you're financially comfortable and you're happy. Exactly. Why why should it really matter? Mm-hmm. Um but going back to your work, would you actually like to be a makeup artist as a career? I've thought about it recently. I don't know if I would like it to be my full-time job because I am very particular about freedom, you know? Um, and when it comes to something that involves my creativity, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I know what I do. I I want to agree with you because I feel the same way about doing this the full time. Yeah, it's like it's like to do something full time, or to make it your career, you give up something exactly. by doing that. I don't know if I'm ready for that. Yeah, I yeah I think if I'm very honest, I think there's a lot of of joy and a lot of fun in doing something part time and doing something that's not that you don't have to make money from. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, something that's it's like not a burden. It doesn't become a burden to you. It's not like you don't wake up and you're like, you know, I have to do this today. You know, it's like YouTubers. Yeah. It's like people who are YouTubers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, how many times do you hear about a YouTuber who started off as fun and then because it got serious, it's now their job and they hate it because they have to create content. Exactly. Um, and I think also the, for me personally, I hate like the words content creator. I think that just yeah. screams views and you're trying to get views just for money. And it's like, it's not about that. Like if your content's good, like everybody is a content creator. Mm-hmm. Um you know, artists are content creators, you know, news, news, content creators. everybody's a content creator. I think if you put that label to yourself, it just, to me at least, and this is no disrespect to anybody who might do that, but to me, it's just, it's kind of says you're really here for the views and -hmm. you're here for the follows. Yeah. And you're not necessarily here for the quality um, and the conversation. Yeah. 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 Um, 
So talking a bit about quality and conversation, so what kind of feedback do you like as a makeup artist when you post looks? Um, well, I'm very happy when people like what I post, obviously. And it feels good when people are surprised. But, oh, I didn't expect you to do that. Like, or you can see, because this comes especially with people that comment often on your post. So you can see when a post has really impacted them, you know, in a certain way. Um, I don't like expect or look for any specific feedback. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, no, of course. I think one of the best feedbacks you can get is when someone creates something inspired by a look you posted. You know, being another makeup look, being an, another form of art, you know, written or um, a drawing or something like that. Uh, I think that's really cool because you then you see the impact you have that, or that you can yeah. have. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And you see, oh, absolutely. wow. Because most of the time, you know, you post something out there, but you don't realize how much can it reach or how much can yeah. it impact someone. And it, it's kind of weird because I get, like, impacted by other people's work constantly. I'm like, oh, wow. And I save it in my folder of inspiration kind of thing. So it's it's when it happens to you it's when you oh wow you know you just keep going you could you just keep going with your life you don't stop to think about it no that's true that's so true and it's that's really interesting because you're right like when it happens to you you're like oh this is weird but yeah, yeah. you do it all the time and you're impacted by people's work all the time yeah and this happens like, to every artist it happens to probably you it happens to oh, musicians absolutely. to actors to directors to everyone you know you don't really like expect it and how do you balance? Actually, wait. Let me ask another question before this question. Um, <laughs> how often do you create looks? It depends of how much free time I have, or how inspired I am. For example, from mid December to the end of January, I didn't create much because I had finals <laughs> of the semester. Of course, yeah. So I, you know, I personally stopped myself from creating because I know I will create to escape my responsibilities <laughs> oh yeah absolutely that's something that you know i i do because it's something that you like doing you don't like studying oh absolutely ask the you perfect know? form of escapism <laughs> so really you is. know then that kind of stuff so i do i think it's important especially if it's not your full job um to prioritize your life in general you know and not always put it at the first on the list makeup no because <laughs> you know it's going to affect your mental health and it's going to end up, you know, affecting your creations. Um, but after that, you know, I had been like a month and a half without creating much. Um, I have created a lot recently. Usually it's quite steady. It's like one, maybe two looks a week. But there was a week that I created, you know, like five. Because sometimes on the same day, because you do a look and then you do one on top of a look. Like I remember this one day oh, okay. back in October, I did three looks. You know, I did one 
then I took in bullet stickers. Um, I did the second one and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna mix it another time. And I did the third one. So it, it, it's not very, I'm not very consistent <laughs> with that. I'm consistent with posting. <laughs> and now that I started doing, you know, video content as well as another media form, um, I have more content as well. So I usually post it twice a week. And now because I have in my mind quite a lot of content, I don't want it to pile up in my drafts yeah. because then I feel like, you know, if I post it two months from now, it's not going to reflect where my art is at. Yes, that's so, a really good point. Yeah, so I, I started, especially with videos, because, you know, I post a picture and I post a video. Um, so I've started to, like, post three times a week. I've decided to post this until my drafts become, instead of, like, being, like, 25 to, like, 10, you know, because I always yeah, have some saved for when I have exams, for example. Like, when I had exams, I had, like, five to four weeks twice a week that's how many wait i'm not good at math that's 10 <laughs> eight or 10 looks you know um i had to have those eight you know sometimes i do um repost all looks because since i post more than one picture um on the carousel kind of instagram post i can pull one picture that was not the first one and post it again you know, like yeah. oh, looking back at this post, blah, 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 you know, or maybe a look because I did that, that I posted like a blurry image of it. And I post a non-blurry image, things like that. And does the saving drafts go back to the kind of notion of having to post regularly because of the algorithm and social media? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, I mean, if it comes to a day where I, one, don't have free time, you know, I don't think I will have as much time um, two years or three from now when if I do a master's degree or when I'm working, because I depend a lot on natural lighting to take my pictures because I like yeah. better the outcome better. And during the holidays, I remember the days that I worked and thinking some days I did looks like because I came home to have lunch. But if I work full time, I wouldn't have that time to create looks or, or I will have to change, you know, and use always the ring light or stuff like that or create on the weekends and post more occasionally, you know not post as often yeah, like you'd have to you have to adapt reconsider how you fit it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to yeah how to adapt that's the best way yeah to exactly you'll have to adapt to how you create and i know i'm gonna have to do that so yeah. the thing is don't don't get worried about it <laughs> don't worry about it if you post less and your numbers get affected don't worry about it i mean unless it's your full-time job again but if you if it's your full-time job you have time for it but it's too, if it's yeah, not, like, yeah. that's like that's that, that's exactly the the thing though is that like that's what I worry about in terms of doing anything like this full time is because it's like you have all that time to do it yeah 
that doesn't necessarily mean you will do it just because you have the time to do it. Exactly. If you don't feel like doing it, don't. Because you do need yeah. breaks. Everyone needs breaks. Because even people who have full-time job that it's not makeup, they have vacations. They have holidays. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? <laughs> absolutely. A makeup artist that does this as a full-time also has holidays. They need to have holidays because you, you need to take your mind out of it. Especially especially um, creative um, jobs. It's not, you're going to end up saturating yourself with, you know, thinking, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Absolutely. Particularly if you're seeing a lot as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which leads me on to the next question quite nicely. Is so, mm -hmm. so how do you balance kind of creating work and also engaging with the community that you're in and also kind of commenting on the people's posts? Oh, I try to very hard to also, um, also no, also that's not the word I want to say. Um, always, that's it. <laughs> I got confused there. <laughs> um, to at least give a like, you know, sometimes mentally I'm not well or I'm tired or having, having a rough day or whatever and I'm not as communicate, uh, communicative. communicative, that's it. Yeah. Um, in terms of engaging with people, both in real life and both in, in online. online, yeah. Because I, well, I'm an introvert and <laughs> social, you know, gatherings, they drain me physically and emotionally. Oh, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know, and online, it doesn't happen as much, um, but it depends on what, like Instagram, I feel like sometimes drains me more than Twitter, you know? Because um, I feel like on Twitter, I don't have as many uh, expectations. I'm not worried about numbers or how well my post is doing or how much am I giving to others and how little I am receiving back. Because that's something I show support because I want to. I just want to point that out. I do want the social support. But when you see that that support is not coming back as much as I as you give it, it it's a bittersweet taste, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I think it's it's very like the whole social media kind of game, I guess, is a good way to put it. Like it fascinates me endlessly because it's like you can put all your time and effort into following people, supporting people, but that there's no guarantee of the reciprocation. Exactly. Like, like we, we all put our own kind of expectations and kind of like, we think, Oh, the more people we follow or, or like the more support we show people, the more we'll get that back or just, you know, that's you know, not true. You know, give and you shall receive yeah. that whole kind of thing. Um, that's why. Yeah. 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 You know, it's like, you know, the, the adage, you know, you know, working hard and you'll receive good rewards and stuff like that. It's like, it, that's not necessarily the case. You can work hard for your whole entire life and, and not get a fraction of the recognition you deserve. Look at like Van Gogh, for instance, yeah. or, yeah, or yeah. Any, kind of, any kind of artist who's done, you know, great work in their time and wasn't recognized. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe people should be a little bit more, um, a little bit more chilled out and realizing that recognition and kind of numbers, especially, they're not really, unless unless it is your full-time job and unless you're making a career out of it and unless it's actually affecting your finances directly 
you know, it's really not that big of a deal. And it's, you know, it's easy for me to say, yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. I make no, I, you know, I make no money off doing this. I just do it because I love it. You know, I get to meet cool people like you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I just think that people are so caught up, particularly younger people or particularly people who start. And I said this, I'm pretty sure I said this on every single interview. <laughs> people are probably going to be sick of hearing me say this, but it's like people just think, oh, I want to be an artist. So I'll just create something and I'll post it online and I'll get followers and I'll get likes and I'll get money. And it's like, it doesn't work like no. that. I think um and it happens with regular jobs too. Oh absolutely. Yeah, but because absolutely. creative jobs, you put part of yourself in it. It feels more personal when you don't get back. So it's I mean it's something that I sometimes force myself to be mindful of. You know, I remind myself that um because I don't want it to affect me. I don't like it because it makes me bitter. Sometimes it makes me even jealous. I don't like feeling jealousy when it comes to these things, you know, or it makes you think um, bad things about people and that takes a toll on you, you know? It's, yeah. you have to be very mindful of it. Um, and you have to also be mindful that there are going to be times that you're going to have those thoughts and feelings. And that's fine. You're going to get over it and you're going to get back at your, you know, normal game, I guess. Yeah, but I say, like, actually, that's a good question to ask you. Mm -hmm. um, is like about self-doubt and about kind of comparing yourself to other people. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how do you kind of stop yourself when you are in that mode of doubting, you know, your abilities and also you're comparing yourself to like, these are the amazing makeup artists you've seen? For me, I, like I say, uh, since it's uh, something so personal, it's different for everyone. You know, we don't deal with emotions the same way. We all deal with it differently. So for me, I've never really compared my work, as per se, but I do um, more often than I should um, compare or think, you know, why isn't my work getting recognized? You no, know, what is it missing? those kind of things and how do you get yourself out of that mindset in terms of like not caring about it anymore or like obviously it's always in the back of your mind it's in the back of every artist's mind but like how do you kind of um recalibrate yourself i guess is probably the best way to put it um sometimes i you know don't um go on instagram i slip it off i do that way too much <laughs> With way too many things. <laughs> Slipping that's, a great, it that's a great way. That's, I need to learn how to do that better. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or distracting myself with other things. Film, a good film. Yeah, we, I, I mean, it's, they're not the best coping mechanisms, okay? Uh, I'll just say yeah. that. Because I do that. I, it's not that, oh, you only do this with Instagram. No, I do that with every single aspect Everything, of my yeah. life. But then everybody does. You know, that's why if you that's why we have escapism. It, yeah, exactly. Like, that's why we have escapism. And that's why we have, you know, art and we have films and we have books mm -hmm. and we have, you know, all these things. Because realistically, real life, you know, kind of sucks a bit. Yeah. Um, and we all kind of want to just like not be, be in our own little world. And I, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's great. Yeah. But I think it just becomes a danger when you start preferring the online world to the real world. Mm -hmm then it becomes a danger. Yeah. Um, but actually, so talking about the online world, do you think that because 
because because makeup is a transient medium you know you apply it but at some point it'll be removed yeah do you think that posting it online lessens the impact of the process no because sometimes the picture is more impactful than the process you know yeah that's that's actually a very good answer (laughs) no there there are some uh um think about it okay so let's go for reference um because i have looks that i feel the picture was more impactful than the process i mean i do find the process interesting and i do wish some process i had recorded um but I didn't really have like you don't think about it. I didn't think about it, you know. Um, yeah, of course. Like I said, these whole three looks that I did, you could have seen, you know, the creative process of it. Or I did a couple looks that were like I'm serious. Though I had the whole eye black, and then I put like this balm to remove makeup, and then took a picture of that, right. you know. But it's not always necessary. It kind of adds to the mystery of, oh, how did they do that? Or, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I guess it depends on the person. Um, Also, I don't want to record, you know, everything. Yeah. Because I've been trying to... I mean, this links to the uh, question we just answered. I did talk about it with my dad and family um as a general um to practice to be more present in the present and to enjoy you know the little things in life the day-to-day things and to be more grateful about them in general um so yeah that's it (laughs) no actually that's perfect that's a great that's a really good point and i think you're you're right in terms of you're right maybe the final photo is actually more impactful i think i think the one thing for me though that i'm curious about talking to someone who does do makeup is because we're not educated as much about makeup in terms of the mainstream media that's how can people kind of judge what is good and what's bad oh god that's that's a very good question that i don't know if i can make it justice (laughs) with my answer but um (laughs) um oh wow I never thought about it. Um, <laughs> no, but there are said certain, I mean, at least socially, good makeup is the one that enhances and enhances. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what. Uh, someone's features. You know, um, obviously there have been trends, you know, um, some decades. Uh, the more natural no makeup look is on trend some decades the whole put on a freaking mask is on you know but see that's why i don't think there's a consistency in good makeup or bad makeup whatever's on trend it's good whatever's not on trend is bad obviously i just want to quickly say obviously the terms good and bad of of anything in terms of art or just anything is very subjective yeah exactly it's kind of like it reminds me of fashion in a way yeah you don't you you don't get teached about fashion. You look up online um, which jeans flatter more each body shape. You know what I yeah. mean. With makeup, it's the same. If you're interested in it, like which eyeliner shape is better for almond eyes, hooded eyes, monolith, 
I think it's more of a if you're interested in you know certain x y and z thing um you look into it and people who don't know most of the time it will depend on their taste or the social concept of beauty they'll be like oh um i don't like what this person is wearing you know because they're since they're fat i don't think that is flattering on them because we have this construct about you know fat people should be wearing this this and this and they cannot wear that that and that you know kind of this thing with makeup i think it's quite similar yeah but i said how that's i was just about gonna say (laughs) and actually where do you think makeup falls onto the spectrum of the kind of the beauty standards and beauty industry because obviously definitely in the last few years obviously with the makeup as well there's been a huge influx of kind of mental health and looking after yourself Mm -hmm. and kind of the idea of beauty and change like it's kind of ever-changing where do you think makeup falls on the spectrum? I think it's gotten better over the last few years. You know, there's more, at least how I see it, there's more accounts, um, you know, um, giving light to unconventional uh, makeup aspects, you know, being in what they used to do makeup and how the person looks and, you know, so I think, you know, editorial makeup, it's becoming more accessible and more trendy in a way. You know, it's more accepted for people to wear a graphic eyeliner look to go grocery shopping, say. You know, people didn't do that Absolutely. before. And that's because makeup, it's more accessible to people. You ha- you, we have, you know, fashion shows. We have... Um, magazines and I don't know I don't know how to explain it really but it feels like it's more there's more sides of making and yeah. you can choose which one you want to do yeah it's become more accessible as a yeah yeah as you said earlier it becomes more accessible as a as like a whole yeah I think yeah I think that's a great way to put it actually to be honest so why do you think that the arts have a reputation for being kind of undervalued I think it reflects on our society's priorities and i think it reflects it not only reflects in the arts as i said teachers here at least or and in most countries they don't get paid well and they're teaching literally society (laughs) you know because a lot of time they have raised you you know obviously most people have parents or people who raise them but they spend most of the time in school so it's really important to have a good teacher. Um, I think it's it shows um, today's society more what they're focusing on, which, in my opinion, it's not where it should be. Go back to your work. So have you ever considered taking your work offline? So maybe having like an exhibition somewhere or maybe creating, I don't know, say clothing or something like that. Would that be something you'd be interested in? I've always been interested in painting. Um, I did a few painting courses uh, during the summer uh, when I was a kid a few years ago, uh, many years ago. I did a few years. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah. Um, and for the past, it's coincidentally for the past two years when I started the makeup account, but it's something that I've always wanted to really like learn how to 
draw and you know learn about color theory and learn how to paint uh, you know watercolor acrylic oil whatever um so that's something i would be interested in i don't think i would like make it like a job if i do make something creative a job would be makeup i'm interested in film as well and photography so joining those two together would be fun you know, maybe learning how to do makeup on a set for a movie set or TV yeah. or whatever. That would be fun. Um, or maybe learn more about photography and get a decent camera <laughs> or, you know, make expositions and stuff. But I don't know. Where do you think the makeup industry will go from here? It's so hard for me, at least, to predict where something is going to go as it's happening you know let me rephrase a question then what is the most exciting thing you've seen coming out of the makeup industry at this moment in time um i do like that makeup seems to be at least to me more exciting when it comes to recent product launches you know it's been as i, I think i said it before it feels like it's changing a bit you know uh recent products that surprise me um halsey launch a brand called about face beauty and she has this product that they're called face paints the name itself quite it's quite artistic and i've seen people using them and they are quite like face paints you know they're matte liquidy eyeshadows that you can do things with um so that's really cool that mainstream brands are making makeup a more artistic driven um for kind of way and then another product that surprised me recently glow by Auric. they did cream eyeshadows and they did this one product that it's like um a glowy tint that i think is very useful for like professional makeup artists you know it has a little tint but it's glowy but it's not a foundation it goes through the whole natural looking makeup kind of thing and glowy that we've seen recently but yeah, I think it's quite um, nice to see more. Um, it feels like it's beginning to be a little more inclusive in a way, but it needs work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. So what is also your opinion on kind of the judging aspect of the makeup industry in terms of like you have obviously a lot of people doing reviews and different makeup lines mm -hmm. and a lot of uh, kind of critique and criticism as opposed to necessarily positivity. Do you think that really kind of impacts the way people think about makeup? Definitely. Especially in the last four or five years, the whole beauty drama on YouTube going viral on the news with like the James Charles thing and Tati Westbrook and Jeffree Star. You know, there's definitely big um, um, personalities that have impacted the community negatively. But I remember very well um, when Shane Dawson came with the, the beauty community is like a circus statement. You know, the community is not like that. And if big uh, people with influence keep saying that, how negative it is and how toxic it is, you're not going to change people's opinion. You know, the mm, normal people who watch news, you know. Yeah. So it's hurtful in that way. Because I've never had a negative experience with anyone here. No, it's all been good. 
I feel like I fit in, which is a hard feeling for me to get. That's good though, you feel that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it hurts me when people say, oh, the beauty community is super bad. It's toxic. It's whatever. And I'm like, depends where you're standing, I guess. So how do you think, as somebody who obviously creates makeup and is online, how do you try and make sure that you are authentic online? I don't know if I come across as authentic or not. Um, But I don't fake it. You know, I don't fake for other people. I don't be someone else. You know, I've never really done that. And you have have done that in the past, in my own life. It's gone the wrong way. (laughs) So I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing that again. Um, You know, I use the fake it till you make it mentality for other stuff. More like, you know, you're going through a bad mental health moment. Well, let's fake it till we make it, (laughs) you know? Not when it comes to uh, this internet stuff, because it's going to end up bad. So I have one more question to ask, which is kind of two questions, really. Okay, let's go. Last question to ask everybody. So it's, what are you currently working on? And where can people find more about you and your work? I'm currently um, organizing my my drafts and what I'm going to post, when I'm going to post it. Um, Because like I said earlier, it's been all over the place lately. I created way too much. (laughs) So I have to decide what do I post, what do I keep and all that. I'm... I have a couple of ideas, the sticker ones, for example, that I'm eager to do. Um, I have a kind of like a project kind of thing coming up with uh, a friend from my brothers who is uh, training to be a hairstylist, you know, do a little pull up kind of moment. That should be fun. Um, it's tomorrow, first time. <laughs> You're going to do a couple of days, yeah. And... People can find me on Instagram and on Twitter with my username. Yeah, very underscore police, two underscores. And yeah, I'll be there, you know, sharing memes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely awesome. That's super awesome. Wow. Um, I really, really appreciate your time. Thank um, you so like much. I really do. Like, I really do. That concludes my interview with Christina. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about it, please send me an email at theflyingfruitbowl at gmail.com or send me a message on social media. The Flying Fruit Bowl audio interviews can be found on sites such as Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please don't forget to check out www.theflyingfruitbowl.co.uk for daily art inspiration. And if you're a creative, please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed. Once again, thank you very much for listening to this interview. And until next time, folks, please stay safe.